Welcome to the Expert Series, brought to you by the Lupus Foundation of America. Our health education team is here to bring you experts in lupus to discuss topics to help you live better. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. My name is Lauren, and I'll be your host. For today's episode, we're discussing a very hot topic right now. We're talking about returning to work for people with lupus. And I'll be talking with Ashley Holden, one of the Lupus Foundation of America's certified health education specialists and someone whom I work with very closely daily. Welcome, Ashley. Hi there. We're going to discuss some of the biggest concerns people with lupus have brought to our attention lately and some of the resources available to people as we try to get back to work. And just so you all know, we're going to talk through several important questions with regard to work and lupus. And we will include resources and links in the show notes. So I think it's important, Ashley, that we start with the basics, right? A lot of people who get diagnosed with lupus will want to know, is it possible to still work while managing lupus? So if you're out there and you're newly diagnosed, this is probably on your mind. And the idea of managing lupus can be quite daunting because right now you're, you're right in the thick of it. And more than likely, your symptoms are pretty intense right now because they we're so overwhelming that you, you know, you got to the diagnosis in the first place. So you're probably having lots of flares and that can be a lot to really think about managing with work. And so while things can seem very overwhelming at times with the flares, it's important to know that these flares can vary greatly. The severity of the inflammation can vary from person to person with the timing of the flares, with how long that they last. And so it's hard to say across the board whether or not you can work. This can really be different from one person to the next. It can also be different from like one year to the next. So I would say if you're newly diagnosed with lupus or all of a sudden your flares have gotten really intense or maybe you've had new serious organ involvement, then it's a really good time to talk with your doctor so that you can understand your treatment schedule and any physical or um, any other limitations if any, that you might have on your activity. And then you can really consider if the work that you do is compatible with those recommendations from your doctor. You know, often work is compatible with a lupus diagnosis, but there might be some changes to activities or accommodations that you can consider to make it more manageable. That's right. Some of the most challenging symptoms with lupus can be chronic pain, and fatigue that kind of comes and goes. And so I think it's important to really think about this fatigue as something um, that, that you can work with and knowing that there are limitations. If you're someone who likes to sign up for all kinds of extra activities or take on a whole lot and you're now diagnosed with lupus, you might find it hard to juggle all of these demands and also the doctor's appointments, your treatment schedule, and just the variability of lupus. So you might want to look at the things that use up your energy in a day and really prioritize them for what your needs and your wants are. If work is really important to you, consider asking for help in the other areas of your life that aren't such a high priority. Maybe asking your family members or friends to help with things like cooking or, you know, taking the kids carpool to and from school so that you're not using up all of your energy every single day, but you're conserving some of it for the things that you want to put on a higher priority. We have a really good 
resource with a lot of frequently asked questions on our website at lupus.org that you'll be able to find in the show notes too. That's a really great point, Lauren. And it's not surprising that people with lupus often wonder if their illness will affect their ability to contribute in the workplace. Living with lupus and maintaining a job can definitely be challenging. And one question I often hear is, do I need to disclose that I have lupus? And, you know, the the answer is that it's entirely up to you if you decide to disclose your diagnosis to your employer. It's totally understandable to have reservations about sharing this information with your employer. Legally, you're not required to disclose your health condition uh, to your employer, but one thing to keep in mind is that if you do disclose your diagnosis, it's possible to ask for accommodations to ensure your success at the workplace. The Americans with Disabilities Act, or ADA, is a valuable resource for those with lupus. The ADA makes it against the law for an employer to discriminate against a qualified individual with a disability. And while these ADA protections exist, it can be complicated to understand the general rights under the act, as well as navigating the disclosure of a disability and negotiating accommodations in the workplace without guidance from an expert. Generally speaking, chronic illness, lupus included, is recognized as a disability for the purposes of administering the law. The law requires employers to make reasonable accommodations to enable a disabled employee to perform their job, but you must be able to perform the essential functions of the job with or without the accommodation. Yeah, and every person with lupus is different, so the type of accommodations may vary. Some examples are replacing fluorescent lights in your workplace with alternate types of lighting or providing screen covers for lights. They could also provide a flexible schedule or even a special padded floor mat if you must be on your feet for long periods of time. That's right. But the most important thing to remember about the ADA provision is that they apply only if the employer has been made aware of the employee's disability. We also have another great resource on lupus.org that talks about what you need to know about workplace accommodations. That's great. Let's, let's switch gears for a second and talk about the times when you can't even go to work. So even if there are accommodations in place, you're not physically able to be at work. Like if you're unexpectedly sick, which can happen with lupus, or if you're in a hospital for a period of time, you may need to take leave from work to tend to your medical needs. With lupus, these moments of need can be unexpected and tricky to plan for. Since you can't predict flares with lupus, it's a very good idea to take some time right now to understand your protections and what your employer offers for you in the event that you have to take time off work. So first, the FMLA, the Family and Medical Leave Act, is a federal act that protects your job if you or someone you're caring for needs to take time away from work to tend to medical matters. This coverage for FMLA can vary depending upon the time that you've already spent working with your employer, such as the hours that you work, like how many you, you have accumulated. Additionally, you'll need to file paperwork and doctor's notes in order to fully take advantage of this protection. So don't assume that just because you need it, that you'll be granted FMLA without you doing the work uh, with your human resources department and your doctor to put that FMLA in place. So take time right now to understand your eligibility with your job. FMLA, however, doesn't pay for your income. 
Employers vary in their coverage for disability. This is additional time that you can take off work for medical needs after you've exhausted your sick leave or your vacation time. Disability can include short-term disability, long-term disability, or even intermittent leave, which is not all in the same block of time. Employers vary in their coverage for disability, if you can take it. For instance, one employer might not have disability leave at all in their, in their benefits package. So that means maybe you can take out FMLA, and then you'll have to use your sick leave and your vacation time under FMLA, you're not getting that paycheck. You might have a protection of your job, but you're just not getting that paycheck. So if your employer doesn't provide any kind of disability pay, um, it's really important to know. Also consider how much, if they do have disability pay, how much salary you're going to get. Oftentimes, if that benefit is in place with your employer, it's really only a percentage of your regular salary for a set amount of time. Understanding your protections and the benefits from your employer can really give you time to get through a really bad lupus flare or surgery or even a mental health leave. That's right, Lauren. And another thing to note is that FMLA is a family protection. So if you're listening and you're a caregiver of someone with lupus who is needing your care and you need to take time off of work, you can file FMLA with your employer. But because you're not the one needing medical attention, you can't file disability for your own salary. This all sounds like a lot, I know. <laughs> so understanding your employer's policy and really sitting down with the human resources department who is there to go over your benefits is really something that you can do now and you want to know what those options are for you. Even if you're not going on disability now, make sure you understand your employer's offerings. Make sure you understand if there are rules for how many hours or years that you need to have worked for that employer before cashing in on any of that disability pay. And remember, often disability pay is provided by an employer and it's only a percentage of your regular pay. So make sure that you understand and plan ahead for any changes to your salary in the event that you do need to take that leave. And when you're ready to come back to work after taking leave and you're no longer needing to use your uh, disability pay or uh, with your FMLA, you'll need to file paperwork with your human resources department at your employer to ensure that you're safe to return to work. This will require a healthcare provider providing documentation that you are ready to return. So again, this is about understanding your coverage and having close communication with your healthcare providers. Right, Lauren, and I know people with lupus may exhaust their leave balances between various medical appointments or if they have a flare, so this is all really great information. I know that people are often concerned about their job security, too, whether it be due to their diagnosis, poor performance due to not feeling well, or taking a lot of time off. It can definitely be a struggle for people with lupus to work, and the pandemic adds another layer, often leaving people to ask what resources are available to maintain healthcare needs financially if my work situation changes. And that could be, you know, a change in their job or position, um, a change in their employer, or the change in their status of health insurance. And this is such an important topic that we at the Lupus Foundation of America recently hosted a panel discussion about the financial impact of lupus that includes helpful resources and insights. You can listen to a recording of that panel discussion on our YouTube page, and we'll include the link in the show notes as well. 
But briefly, if you are in need of health insurance, healthcare.gov is an invaluable resource. They have tools available where you can check your eligibility for enrollment in exchange plans or to see if you qualify for Medicaid. The majority of people that use healthcare.gov are eligible for some type of financial assistance. There have been some additional subsidies and protections put in place because of the pandemic, and people can check healthcare.gov to see what's available for them. That's so great. And there also are other resources out there, too. And so no matter where you're located in the United States, there's a resource that's 211. You can call 211 from your phone and be connected with comprehensive information about local resources and services all over the country. Um, so you can also search for 211 online at 211.org. That's right. And you also have another resource in the health education specialists at the Lupus Foundation of America. We are especially trained to provide people affected by lupus with disease education information, and we can help direct you to helpful resources such as organizations that provide financial assistance for medications or health care needs. Yeah, and you can reach out to us online at lupus.org forward slash health educator. So we've had a lot of people reach out to us lately because of COVID-19 pandemic. And I want to make sure to share a little bit of what we know right now in returning to work during the pandemic. So first, if you're looking for updates on COVID-19, including whether or not you as a lupus patient should get the vaccine, please check out our page at lupus.org forward slash coronavirus. In short, in most cases, the CDC and the American College of Rheumatology recommend the COVID-19 vaccine for all people even people with compromised immunity, such as those with lupus, unless a person has an allergy to the vaccine or components in the vaccine. It's also important that you talk with your healthcare team about the vaccine and your treatment plan, since it can vary from person to person. That being said, there are a lot of questions about returning to work after socially distancing for such a long time, and people want to know what to expect. I know there are definitely people out there who have been super careful for over a year and now are being asked to come back to work. This is a big change from the guidance that the CDC provided just months ago, and a big reason for this change is the safety of the COVID-19 vaccine and how well it works. Now that our vaccine rollout has been really good and vaccines are holding up well, even against some variants, the CDC continues to issue updated guidance about safely returning to work. Lauren, I know there might be some people out there who have not received the vaccine yet. Um, you know, they may be advised against the vaccine or concerned because of their medical history. There's also um, a lot of unknowns about the antibodies built up to fight COVID, even when vaccinated. So this is not an easy question, and it's definitely one that you know people should be including their general healthcare provider or rheumatologist in those discussions. Absolutely. And, you know, for most situations, OSHA, which um, makes recommendations about safe workplaces, uh, they've made these recommendations for vaccinated people to return to work. They do have recommendations for employers to update like ventilation systems, promote social distancing at work, and promote vaccines as well. Some employers may also require vaccinations for a safe return to work. And this is of right now is still allowable. So if this is your situation and you're either unvaccinated or like you mentioned, Ashley, still maybe people are unsure about their exposure risk, you definitely want to bring this up with your healthcare team 
and talk with them. Because if your employer is requiring vaccinations, but your physician is not advising it, you'll want to make sure to have a physician's note so that you can get back to work, but do it in a safe way or maybe with the accommodations that you need. If you're requiring specific accommodations for returning to work, it's important that you approach the conversation with your employer with an open mind. If you're asking for accommodations, like we mentioned before, you might have to share why. And this can come in the form of a medical exemption, such as for required vaccines, like I mentioned, and it can come also with disability status. Your lupus care doctor is going to be a very important part of this process. And so it's also really helpful to understand your rights with ADA and also know how to ask for what you're needing. So if you are out there right now and you're looking at work on the horizon and you haven't yet established good care or good um, had appointment with your doctor, now's the time to make that appointment and get, get the ball rolling. Lauren, one thing to keep in mind with the ADA accommodations is that they do have to be reasonable and there can be quite a lot of variation on what reasonable is. So it's definitely worth having a conversation with your employer. That's right. It can vary from employer to employer what they think is a reasonable request in order to get work done. So if you're trying to do your job for home, for instance, but is an impossible thing to do to be able to complete your daily tasks from home, then that may not be a reasonable request. So you'll have to have a great conversation with your employer about um, if there are other tasks that you can take on or if there are some shifts to what your role is. And if that is not the case, you may also have to reconsider your approach to work or even the line of work that you do. Making the decision to return to work during COVID can be a complicated issue, as you've pointed out with all the great information you provided. You know, whether people are struggling with workplace issues due to COVID or are in need of workplace accommodations, many people often need additional guidance for their personal situations and would like to know what type of advocacy resources are available. And the first piece of advice I usually give is to check and see if your employer has an employee assistance program or you might see it abbreviated as an EAP. An EAP is a work-based intervention program designed to assist employees in resolving personal problems that may be adversely affecting the employee's performance and is confidential. They may be able to assist you with requesting accommodations at your workplace. Another resource that may be able to help you is the Job Accommodation Network, or JAN. You can visit their website at askjan.org. Jan provides guidance on workplace accommodations and disability employment issues. A variety of different resources have been created during COVID, such as adacovid19.org, which is a website that is regularly updated to provide the disability community with information about rights under the American with Disabilities Act, again, ADA, and how they apply to the COVID pandemic. The Occupational Health and Safety Administration, or OSHA, as Lauren mentioned earlier, also has information specific to COVID. The U.S. Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, or the EEOC, enforces laws that make it illegal to discriminate against a person at the workplace. You can visit their website to read their FAQs or file a discrimination complaint. A few other resources include the Office of Disability Employment Policy and the Patient Advocate Foundation. And again, we'll include links to these helpful resources in the show notes. 
those are some great resources. And so I really do recommend everyone go to the show notes and look into those if you have any questions about returning to work safely. So lastly, I want to make sure that we provide some resources for children with lupus who have questions about safely returning to school in the fall. As of right now, vaccine trials are underway for children ages 6 to 11, and vaccines for COVID have an EUA emergency use authorization for children ages 12 and up. I know this is really new for a lot of parents out there, but consider your child's risk for exposure to COVID-19 when returning to school and have a candid conversation about the risks and benefits of vaccinations with your child's lupus care provider or their pediatrician. And continue to follow the CDC guidelines on their website for updates as they come. In some cases, schools are preparing to reopen at full capacity for the fall of 2021, but likely they will still require some kind of COVID precautions. This has become normal in the past year, and it's safe to say that masks are still a great way to reduce risk for getting COVID and can be observed with or without a mask mandate. As we have seen throughout this whole last year and a half, schools can vary by district, state, and county. So July now, I would recommend approaching the school that your child is enrolled in in the fall and ask about how they plan to safely return students. And if your child is someone at a higher risk for serious illness, ask about 504 plans. And we'll provide a link in the show notes that you can ask how you can put these plans in place now before your child returns to school. These plans can help to make accommodations for your child if they are needing um, they are needing help throughout the school day. And if you're someone who has lupus and works within the school system, now is the time to join the conversation with your district about safe reopening and any needs that you might have. Remember, the American College of Rheumatology recommends the COVID-19 vaccine for all people unless there is an allergy to the vaccine or vaccine component. So if you're looking at going back to school as a teacher or counselor um, in the fall, because that is your workplace, make sure you talk with your healthcare provider now about the safest option for getting back to school and work. Well, and that's really great information. It's so important to bring your doctor into the conversation. That's right. So if you're out there today and you have questions about returning to work, whether that be because of the COVID pandemic or because of some other health concerns that you've had with lupus, have a really great conversation with your provider about the best plan for you. Ashley, thank you so much for joining me today so that we could talk about all of these pressing issues that people with lupus have raised about working with lupus. This has really been an excellent discussion, and I am pleased to have loads of links in the show notes for people to continue their research on this topic. For those of you listening in, to access more information about lupus, please go to our National Resource Center on Lupus by visiting lupus.org forward slash resources. And if you'd like to learn more about COVID-specific updates, please go to lupus.org forward slash coronavirus. To listen to additional episodes of the Expert Series, you can visit lupus.org forward slash the Expert Series, where you can also subscribe to get alerts when the podcasts are released. And if you'd like to speak with one of our health education specialists, you can go to lupus.org forward slash health educator or call 1-800-558-0121 extension 136. And finally, to connect with others with lupus from all over the world, I invite you to check out our online support community, Lupus Connect, 
where you can talk with others, find emotional support, and discuss practical insights for coping with the daily challenges of lupus. You can find the community at lupus.org forward slash lupus connect. Thank you and have a wonderful day.